You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hey everyone, welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical backward ass ideals that we have here in the U.S. This is episode 77 of American Sex Podcast. I'm Sunny Megatron. And I'm back and I'm Ken Melvoin-Berg, bitches. Yeah, we're sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and kinky perverts too. So American fuckers, our guest this week is queer porn icon Shine Louise Houston, who writes, directs, and produces for Pink and White Productions. But before we get to our interview, you heard what Ken said, right? Well, you heard Ken saying something because... We're back and we're in Las Vegas. Yes! We're both here finally. Yeah, so those of you who have been keeping up with the Megatron Berg saga, we have moved to Las Vegas. We are settled in. We are both in the same place at the same time. But we just recorded our first full podcast together in the same room after, what, like two or three months? Yeah, it's been a while. And uh, Even longer than that because I was in Los Angeles before then. And yeah, so this is going to be our only week recording together because next week you're going to be in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles again. <laughs> So right. yeah, and by the way, Las Vegas, what's the what the fuck is up with this weather? We we moved away from Chicago to get rid of winter, and apparently we walked into the only winter Las Vegas has seen in the past decade. Yeah, but I'm still swimming in the pool in 40 degrees. If you watch my Instagram stories, I'm learning how to do hands free pool shenanigans on my Instagram stories. I got my sunglasses I, out of the I, bottom of the I pool. I want some hand free no. pool shenanigans <laughs> later in my pants in that little corner that we discovered. Uh, no, I got corner of my butt or the pool. Shh, I got. <laughs> I got my answer sun- the question. Both. I, <laughs> I got my sunglasses out of the bottom of the pool with my toes on Instagram filming hands free. I did all that at the same time. That's incredible. So if you're not following me on Instagram at Sunny Megatron, do so because I'm almost at ten thousand followers. Could totally be a burlesque act at some point. Getting sunglasses out the bottom of a pool? With your toes. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe anyway. Anyway, not. as we mentioned, this week's interview is with the one and only Shine Louise Houston. Now as the founding producer and director of Pink and White Productions Shine Louise Houston has always had unique vision. Graduating from San Francisco Arts Institute with a bachelor's in fine art film, her works have become the new gold standard of adult cinema. During a five-year position at the woman-owned sex toy purveyor Good Vibrations, Shine recognized an underserved demand for an alternative to mainstream pornography and began to create well-crafted queer-made porn. Shine's film have been recognized among the next big wave of women-produced porn and have been internationally screened from Amsterdam to New Zealand. Okay, so... I'll tell you why I'm out of breath in a minute, but I do want to tell I really geeked out for this interview. I have been a fan for Shines for a long time, and I really, really enjoyed our convo. So some of what we talked about, pay inequities in porn and her progressive pay structure for her talent, what it means to be queer, her upcoming movie, Chemistry Eases the Pain, which is a, quote, straight curious adventure. So that leads to this whole discussion of identity policing in the queer community and the all too common problem of being ridiculed for doing something or someone that isn't, quote, queer enough. And also Shine gives us spoilers about the film. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, we also talk about the challenges of being a queer woman of color in the industry, 
crowdfunding adult films, why it's important to pay for your porn, and a whole lot more. So this is why I was out of breath. Uh, if you are a uh, Patreon supporter, you may just hear <laughs> some bloopers that <laughs> we had. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. I don't know. And they may be undeserved, but they're underserved. Oh, yeah, the word underserved and undeserved look really similar when you're as high as Ken is right now. <laughs> so that was a fun adventure. Anyway, bloopers on our Patreon. Go there. So, Sonny, uh, real quick, we had a really great time at Porn Star Karaoke here in Las Vegas. We just wanted to give everyone there a shout out. Uh, we had an amazing time. It's once a month, and we'll have the web address for that in the show notes if you're in the Las Vegas area. And I won a raffle, and I got some really cool purple Fan Central socks that I won. Yeah, they are. Actually, they are really cool. I'm wearing them right now. So, I don't know if you guys have heard it yet, but we are taping a live broadcast on the podcast stage at South by Southwest next month. Join us on Saturday, March 9th at 5 p.m. on the podcast stage. Our guest is the one, the only, canisexual Ashley Manta. She'll be telling us how to best use pot to increase intimacy and eroticism, plus answering questions from our live audience. I also want to give a shout out to Patreon.com for helping American Sex Podcast get this gig. Patreon, we are so stoked. We can't wait to be with you in Austin. And thank you. We love you. And speaking of the magic of Patreon, y'all know what time it is. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. I want to give a big welcome and our heartfelt appreciation to the awesome folks that joined our Patreon family over the last few weeks. Thanks to fellow sex blogger and longtime supporter, Pleasure Connoisseurs. You guys are amazing. We couldn't do this podcast without all of your support. So, of course, if you're like, what the hell is this Patreon I keep hearing about? Go on over to patreon.com slash American Sex, where you can learn how to become an American Sex Podcast Patreon member. Not only does your membership help support the show, you get all these cool things, too, like bonus stories from our guests, bloopers where we can't say underserved versus undeserved, <laughs> extra full-length episodes, uh, stickers, personal video greetings, all sorts of stuff, surprises in the mail. Those are my favorite, and a lot more. And one last thing. We talk quite a bit on American Sex Podcast about online censorship of sex and sex-related topics. Social media has been cracking down and removing people like us that talk about sex in any way, shape, or form. I highly encourage you to get on our mailing list so we don't lose touch in the event of a censorship crackdown. If you have your phone handy, you can sign up for ours via text right now. Simply text the word Megatron, that's M-E-G, A-T-R-O-N to the number 444-999 and you're in. It does everything for you. It's automatic. You can also visit SunnyMegatron.com slash newsletter. And you know what? There's one thing I almost forgot. I I forgot to mention this for the last couple of weeks because I'm tired and exhausted. I forget things. But we're instructors on the internet's largest online platform for BDSM education, Kink Academy. Our Electric Play series has been available for a few months, and our Hilarious Humiliation series was just released a couple weeks ago. So head on over to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y, slash Kink Academy Humiliation to take our online humiliation course. And when you do that, you'll also get access to the entire library of over two 
thousand videos by nearly 150 of the world's top kink instructors too. That's a pretty good deal. Again, that's bit.ly slash kinkacademyhumiliation. And as always, if you missed that link or any of the links we talk about in this episode, you can hop on over to americansexpodcast.com and check out the show notes for episode 77. All right, you ready, Ken? I'm ready. Here is our conversation with Shine Louise Houston. Helping us christen our very first Las Vegas uh, studio interview in our new home. We're getting our cherry pop. Yes, actually. yes. And we're doing it with none other than Shine Louise Houston. And I am so excited. Hello. Hi, Shine. Hey. How's it going? It's going. <laughs> it's going great. So I got to get something out of the way right now. Okay. So in podcast land, to everybody listening, it feels like it's Monday the 18th, even though to us it really isn't yet. You know, we're time travelers. So uh, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Because it's your birthday today in time travel land, like Monday, yes. right? Okay. Yep. yep, it's my birthday. Very cool. Woohoo! Birthday podcast <laughs> episode. Um, so I have been, and Ken and I both been following your career, what you do. We love the stuff that you produce. And I have A, a gazillion million questions, and B... I want to make sure that our some of our listeners know exactly who you are. And some of our listeners are <laughs> oh, like, I've, I've actually got this? a listener question for her. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. Oh, this specific. is a surprise. Yes, <laughs> and, yeah, I didn't tell you what it was. So okay. let me know when I can jump in with that. Just go ahead. You do your thing. And okay. Let me know. All right. Well, I don't know what the question is. This is so you much want me pressure. To jump in? Yeah, jump in. Do it. Okay. So we have somebody who is not only a fan of yours, but who wants to uh, do more queer porn. Okay. But they want to know how much it pays. And I don't know if like money is an uncomfortable thing or if it's a sliding scale or it depends. Uh, but like what? So to answer that person's question, if they wanted to do queer porn with you, what could they mm -hmm. expect as a performer ballpark? Uh, we do a flat rate for everyone. And oh, that's really reason, cool. Yeah. And there's uh, a particular reason why we do this is I don't want people to run in the situation of like, well, you know, I guess I'll do this. Or like, if, you know, like if I got $2,200 more then you do that, but you don't really feel like doing that that day. Um, I feel like it, since it's uh, a blanket fee, um, you know, you can do what you feel is, you know, um, I didn't say like yeah, appropriate uh, for the amount of money. Also, you know, there are some inequities in the industry where, you know, if, mm, well, literally like based on skin color, based on whether you do um, gay or straight, uh, that can change your fee. And uh, I just feel like doing a flat rate for everybody kind of works for us. And, you know, and we're kind of at the low end of industry standard. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this kind of, you know, jumps me into a bunch of the stuff that I want to talk to you about, because I know a lot of our listeners, most people are pretty familiar with mainstream porn. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of the the cut and dry, the same formula. It's very cis, hetero, you know, mm -hmm. blow me a little, we fuck, I come on your face, done. It's mm -hmm. all over the tube sites. Mm -hmm. And you produce what is known as, you know, queer porn or feminist mm -hmm. porn. Like what what label do you like to to give your work? 
I like the queer porn okay. myself. I find uh, it more inclusive. Okay. So, you know, just regular person on the street that's like, porn's porn. What the hell is the difference? <laughs> what the hell is the difference? Um, f- first, before I actually go into my answer, I want to separate the difference between like uh, porn narratives and porn industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as well, why I don't, uh, whereas I don't always agree with the narratives that, you know, lumping it all together, mainstream porn, which we all know porn is not a monolith, but like just for the sake of conversation, mainstream porn has a certain formula for sex acts and for particular sexual narratives. But, you know, that doesn't mean that the industry itself, like the players and all the back end is that problematic Mm -hmm. right (laughs) you know what i mean just to make that distinction um like we forget about all the negotiation and talks and this and that uh, that happens before the cameras go on right so just just to point that out okay um and also you know my work is a response to those narratives obviously uh you know like you were saying before there's kind of a formula you do a little blowjob you do a little this you reverse cowboy um, and, and some of that really depends on director, mm-hmm. um, how strict that formula is. Uh, but the way I work is the talent, the talent really directs the scene. I'm just directing the cameras. So whatever the talent is interested in doing that day, I'm like, great, as long as you're having fun. Um, just to give you an example, we did a project called Bed Party. Uh, and there's the episode with... Um, uh, Eden Alexander and uh, Sebastian Keys, and within the first five minutes, you have anal fisting on a male body and a non-ejaculatory orgasm, <laughs> also on a male nice. body. And this is just not. And like you know, most of the sex is not PV sex. You know, it's not penis vagina sex, if I can say that. Uh, you can say so, anything. Okay, yeah. great. I didn't say know, all the things. Yeah, great. Radio doesn't let you say that. Yeah, we are not radio. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but uh, you know, so it's really it, it's it's like I said, it's not focused on PV sex. It's you know, they do a lot of weird, crazy, kinky stuff, and it's just not your uh, standard scenario. Uh, and I think that's what differentiates the queer porn. We're not playing to a particular formula. We're also not playing to the same market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure there's straight guys who like watch our stuff, but at the same time, we're not necessarily catering um, to those expectations. So, so who is your market else. then? Uh, uh, largely a bunch of other queers. I, 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 I suspect there's some straight women and some straight men in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I can... I would say by the loyalty and the longevity of our fan base, it's, I'm assuming it's a bunch of weirdos. It's a bunch of queers. <laughs> <laughs> well, myself included, cause I am a fan. So awesome. for our listeners, it's interesting because we actually just did uh, a podcast listener survey where we like drilled down on our demographics. I'm a numbers geek. So we like figured uh-huh. out like who's listening and you know, what do they yeah, do yeah. and, and yeah, all yeah. about their lives. And, and we have a, a, a listenership, a very solid queer listenership that like mm-hmm. totally is like having a fan moment now listening to you talk. And then we also have a solid segment of our listenership that are, you know, stereotypically cis hetero that maybe don't mm-hmm. watch queer porn. And mm-hmm. I know that a lot of folks are even 
I wouldn't say uncomfortable with, but maybe mm-hmm. unsure even about the term mm-hmm. queer. You know, they're like, well, okay. does that mean gay? Does that, wait, is that a bad <laughs> word? Because when I got called that in, in middle school, it was bad. Right. I'm confused. Right. So right. can we like dial it back and just explain <laughs> at least to you, what is okay. queer? Uh, so there's the, obviously the colloquial term queer, which usually means homosexual, but um when I'm using the term queer, I'm particularly thinking about how it's applied in the idea of queer theory, where, you know, basically you are undermining dominant narratives or dominant power structures. So anybody, regardless of, you know, cis or trans or anything like that, um, if you are subverting any dominant narratives, you are queer. Like I, I described that um, uh, uh, project bed party mm-hmm. um, as like queer straights, because <laughs> it seems like a very heterosexual scene, mm-hmm. you know, cis man, cis woman. Uh, but at the same time, they are so not heteronormative that it is incredibly queer. Okay. Uh, the fact that it's just like not all about his penis in a pop shot, although they, they wind up doing a pop shot in the end, you know, also makes it queer. The, the fact that I, I kept in, you know, he was having a little trouble, like basically completing the scene at the end. And I kept that in because that also subverts, uh, subverts the narrative that uh, men are always ready to go. Uh-huh. Do you know what that I mean? Is, yeah. it's that actually, is awesome. I just wanted to yeah. say, like, just as somebody who has a penis that may or may not work at some given right. time. Like it's, <laughs> right. it's nice to see the not working once in a while in another person right. because you don't, right. you don't ever get that addressed. Right. You know, it's very much like a lot of editing and nobody ever sees the waiting on wood moments on set. Do you know what I yeah, mean? And fluffers so, are mythical creatures. Yeah, they're mythical creatures. Yes. <laughs> There are no exactly. fluffers waiting in the wings, just no. like with their mouths like, come on now. <laughs> yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really something. I mean, beyond that, um, you know, uh, that project, um, stuff like Crash Pad series, you know, is more traditionally queer, you know, where it is, you know, queer folks, mm-hmm. gay folks, dykes, lesbians, however they want to identify. Um, but also underneath that as well, since, you know, they're having, once again, non-heteronormative sex, that's also still queering what is sex and, you know, who gets to be attractive and all that kind of good stuff. So basically, if it's not missionary PV sex, where it's all about, like, the the destination is the male orgasm, then you could possibly consider that queer. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) And by the way, I think it's brilliant that you're using actors like Michael Vegas, because Mike is not only a friend Mm -hmm. of ours, but he's one of the people that I think defines heteroqueer when it Uh, comes to his style of sex and how much he's into pegging and uh, like just non-traditional stuff. And he's a good human, like all the way around. He's a good guy. Oh yeah. He He seems really sweet. I'm actually really excited to work with him. Um, I've never worked with him before. Oh, we've really only met. uh, That's for your new project, right? Yes, yes, yes. So I'm, I'm incredibly excited to like to work with 
him and also uh, Lotus Lane is basically the co-star. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So, and that's the first time I'll be working with Lotus as well. So I'm very excited about that. So our converse, like we like, just like you shoot your films kind of organically, it goes where it goes. Yeah. So is our conversation. So our conversation <laughs> is, is pointing us to your new project, okay. which is chemistry eases the pain. So, okay. Yes. I you see how I, I set that up for you. Sweetheart? You did. Thank I was you. like, Oh, it's happening. It's happening. It's Let's, the magic of being yeah, in the same yeah. room. Okay. I love it. Um, so, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just read your uh, little blurb. So, chemistry eases the pain Ooh. is about a young, staunchly lesbian college student who thinks she's quote going straight. Which will mm-hmm. she choose? Her love or her pride? And it's also described mm-hmm. as a straight, curious sex comedy. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. I'm I'm putting myself <laughs> in the mind of the listener right now who is like, okay, I finally think I just un- figured out what queer is. Okay, I get it. All right. <laughs> You know, we're like subverting the dominant narrative. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. So wait, then in in queer culture and queer porn, maybe the dominant narrative is being queer. Uh-huh. But now somebody uh-huh. who's queer is afraid they're straight. And is that a bad yeah, thing? So right. explain what's <laughs> happening. Um, so, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head, you know. Uh, I think something that I have personally experienced is I've had friends who have, you know, been dyke, lesbian, queer, how you want to say it, uh, and then suddenly, you know, married a guy mm-hmm. and had kids. Mm-hmm. And I've seen them basically get ejected from the queer community because of that choice. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of funny because, like, I keep thinking, like, oh, we've been over this. This issue is over. And like, oh, everybody's queer. It's okay if you are cis guys, trans guys, whatever. We're all cool. But then sometimes I look around and I'm like, oh, no, this is still happening. Um, a lot of people like getting, still having concerns about uh, dating someone or being in a relationship with someone who likes a lot of different body types. Right. And that, that insecurity that kind of comes up. And I'm like, oh, this is still happening. Uh, and so this is kind of a response to that. Um, it has, uh, you know, a little bit of dark humor. It's got a little bit of, um, uh, a nod to my own experiences. And, you know, I'm hoping that people are going to relate to it. I'm really hoping that it's still a, uh, a relevant topic. Yeah. And and, I mean, I, I think it is, I know, like, you know, nod your head along listeners. If you, have been yourself or you have a friend who is, I'm just going to give an example, who is, you know, known or identifies as lesbian, but maybe gets a little side dick every once in a while, mm-hmm. but does everything <laughs> in their power to hide it from their other friends or all their other friends would lose their shit. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's interesting to me. Well, first of all, I'm like, I'm, it's still just blowing my mind. It's like you're queering your queer with straight. Yeah. <laughs> But like, I, ah! I think at, at some point in a weird sort of way, you know, when uh, it's almost like, you know, you, you win the fight, you, you're, you know, like you've got your space. But then what I see is I see a lot of policing mm-hmm. and, you know, and there's like one way to be queer. Uh, and then if you're not like that and you've, you know, you don't have the exact same politics and, or if your politics aren't pure enough, then um then suddenly there's there's problems and i feel like wait a second 
isn't this you know? what we're fighting against? Yeah. 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 So, you know, I'm just watching this in the community. And I don't know if this is, you know, me becoming older. I mean, like, oh, you young whippersnappers. <laughs> Get off um, my lawn. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> don't you know, in the 80s, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, you know, uh, it's just interesting. I, I'm just taking a look at it and, like, obvi- like taking in a look at it, I, I guess, from this perspective of, of seeing this shift uh, over the last 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. I, I, for one, cannot wait to see this because I'm really curious. Because, like you you said, I see this yeah. play out in my own lives and the lives of people yeah. that I know and my friends. Yeah. And um, it's something that we don't really talk about yeah. so this yeah. this is gonna be interesting what yeah. kind of reactions have you gotten from people once they find out the pre- premise of your new film are they like yeah are they like whoa like what what do they think <laughs> usually they, they think it's funny uh and i'm glad because it is kind of funny um there there were a couple of people that were like oh my god i'm so glad you're talking about this because blah 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 you know this in my life and this and this and this. So I'm like, so it's given me a little hope. I'm like, okay, maybe this is relevant. Maybe. Cause like I had fears that, Oh my God, is this conversation totally dated? Is everybody going to like watch this and be like, yawn, we've already been over this. No. No. Do you know what I mean? No. So as you yeah. know, take it from someone who isn't straight, but's married to a man and has kids and mm-hmm. presents as very heteronormative. We have mm-hmm. not had this conversation and it's not yawn. Trust okay. me. So I'm super excited about this. Either queer or lesbian that are having uh, this exact issue. Like yeah. a bunch of people that mm-hmm. we know that are just like, and, and they have to keep it in a different closet altogether. Right. And they're afraid to yeah. say something like this. And I don't know if this is people that might be having the people that are against it. Are they having like turf and in, in, you know, like surf tendencies, mm. you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not really sure. So, but real quick, I have a question about the technical aspect of some <laughs> of the stuff that you're doing here. Um, yeah. So you're like at least a double threat because you're producing and directing uh-huh. chemistry. Did you oh, write boy. it also? I did. <laughs> and are you also the fundraiser for it? I am the fundraiser for it. Because as somebody who does both mainstream and works in adult, and I do a little yeah. bit of everything, the fundraising yeah. is the hardest part. And yeah. I was wondering if we could tell if you could tell us a little bit about how you're going about getting money for this project. Um, part of the funding is actually coming from our Indiegogo campaign. Awesome. Uh, which is running right now. So, you know, if you go to Indiegogo, you search chemistry eases the pain, we will pop up. Yeah. And, and we'll add we'll add that into the show notes for yeah. sure. So awesome. Thank it. you. So, uh, yeah. Qu- question though. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't seen many people mm-hmm. crowdfunding porn. Yeah. So, where did you come up with this idea? How did Indiegogo go? That's cool cuz most people kick <laughs> off anything to do with sex and porn. Yeah, I didn't even think I, about that. So, how did this all happen? Uh, we asked them. <laughs> wow, that's so simple yet so smart. Yes, we asked them because I was like, I wanted to make Snapshot. That's the one that I made um, in 2015. Mm-hmm. It was a full feature. You know, chemistry is probably going to be about half an hour, 45 minutes, but it's very, very, very involved and very technical, technically involved. Um, but, uh, you know, we had seen people do Kickstarter and get and get get booted off and then we saw some projects pop up on indiegogo that were just flat out porn 
Huh. Tentacle porn. Tentacle porn was the first one. We were like, what? what? Um, <laughs> and how can I support that and yeah, get how myself can I some? Hello? Right. <laughs> I'm a fan. Especially queer tentacle porn. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. So, but, but we just asked. We were like, hey, you know, we're doing this film. It has sex in it. You know, we've, this is our company. Uh, what do we do to have a campaign? And, you know, they kind of gave us the guidelines. You can do this, this, and this. You can't say this. You can't use this as a perk. And we were like, okay. Wow. Uh, and actually, it's really funny because the, we got our campaign shut down for a second because we were offering raffle tickets. They're like, you can't do that. Oh. That's like gambling. And I was like, okay, we're done. Wow. So we took the raffle tickets off. But, I mean, that's – they've been – but even with this campaign, we, we made our page. We put our perks in. We contact them like, hey – we did a fundraiser before. Uh, would you please check out our campaign? Make sure that we are all good. Um, you know, it took a while from, for them to get back to us, but then they were like, yeah, you're good. Hmm. Um, and also just something to know, I, I feel like uh, the folks at Indiegogo are kind of like allies because they actually ditched PayPal because they were coming too, they were coming down too hard. Wow! Like, Good. like people were not gonna like. Eventually, anything erotic, adult like, would have to go because of PayPal. That's the story that I've heard. Mm -hmm. So I've heard that they ditched PayPal over certain issues like that. So I feel like they're allies. Um, but if you just contact them and they tell you, "Hey, you can do this. You can show this. You can't show that." They'll work with you. Just just talk to them. That's very cool. And, and by the way, kudos to you, my friend, for having some of the best perks that I've ever seen that hey. are not only cool, but they're <laughs> varied like crazy. Yeah. They're all there's like Thanks. a ton of them and they're all over the board and there's something for every budget. Yeah. Uh yeah. 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 So okay. Crowdfunding porn to, to me mm -hmm. is kind of a new concept. And you've done this yeah. before. This isn't your your mm -hmm. first rodeo. Not for your first rodeo. Not your first <laughs> Indiegogo first rodeo. Indo rodeo. Indo I need to make a word out of that. It's not working. But in my brain it is. Um, so <laughs> so are people receptive? You know, are people like, yeah, or like your first time around, was it hard to actually get your funding or did it just come in like a tidal wave? Um, I think it's been, I'd say it's been a learning curve. Mm -hmm. Um, there's lots of things we could have done better for that first campaign. We only made it 40% uh, of our goal last time. Now we're at 60. Yeah. We're going to make our goal this time. And we still have what? In, <laughs> in podcast time, it'll be what? 10 uh, days till 10, it's over, but a little you'll bit more. 10 more days. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay. So we, we, we figured out, you know, what works and what doesn't for us, but uh, I I feel like there's been a lot of love, and so you know we're we're getting it done this time. Yeah, that's so amazing. listeners, American fuckers, go out there and let's donate <laughs> to this. This is your version of NPR. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but we're we're supporting something way fucking cooler. Yeah, and get out there because we only have forty percent to go, and so, like Shine has already done the hard part. Let's exactly. let's help her with the easy part. Yeah, right. So okay, this brings me around to. Again, I'm, it's like, I'm that like mom that's always thinking like, what are you thinking? Do you have your questions and emotional needs addressed listener? So I'm putting my <laughs> mind, myself in the mind of the listener again. Uh -huh. And this brings us back around to the beginning of our conversation. Okay. Why the hell should I pay for my porn shine when I can go on the internet and get it for free? The internet oh. is for free porn. 
So let's have that conversation. <laughs> well, let's let's just remind people that the porn that they're watching for free, ninety nine percent of that has been stolen. Mm-hmm. So that it wasn't free to produce it. I'll tell you that much. It certainly was not free to produce it. Um, but you're watching it for free. That that's basically to me like. I mean, sorry to be harsh, but it's stealing. Yeah. The the production company doesn't get paid. Talent doesn't get paid. Nobody gets paid. And so what that means is that means the stuff that you like, they can't make more of it. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, at the industry is just like, you know, nobody can make a living just, uh, you know, being a, a porn performer. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the um, pay rates have kind of plummeted. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just harder. And this is a direct result, I would say of like, you know, tube sites Mm -hmm. and, uh, basically piracy, basically, you know, um, uh, you know, to put it out there, you know, the, the company that owns Pornhub, uh, basically bankrupted uh, numerous adult companies and then bought them. (laughs) <laughs> They're like the Walmart of porn. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, it was basically, you know, they they gutted the companies. They com- completely undermined the value of the product and made those companies go bankrupt and then bought them. You know, it's predatory uh, business practice. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely awful. Uh, and for American fuckers <laughs> out there, you might have heard us uh, list... There's a podcast called The Butterfly Effect with John Ronson that is on audible.com that's about the, this very specific subject about how Manwin Mind Geek just yeah, ruined yeah. Yep. single handedly the porn industry and yeah. gave 16 year olds ED for the first time uh, because they can't get away from the, pre- the free porn. And so they try to, like, if they connect with a living human, it's very hard for them mm-hmm. to do that. And so they have erectile dysfunction. Thousand percent higher than at any point in history. Wow. Damn. And you get what you pay for. Whether yeah. it's porn, weed, or booze, you want to spend money on those yeah. three things. And I'm shoes, just saying. Too. Shoes. And shoes. And shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and a bed. And a bed. And beds. Yeah, we just got a yeah. new We finally got like a grown-up mattress for, for like we're 50 and we're like, we got a real mattress. mattress. <laughs> I have not slept this good. I It's like I die every night. It's amazing. <laughs> so get good mattresses. Wait. We need a mattress sponsor. Hey, mattress sponsors, call oh us. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> Ikea, Purple, somebody. <laughs> Casper, yeah. All right. Anyway. Um, all right. So, yeah, kids, pay for your porn. Well, not actual kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Over 18. Over, <laughs> over 18. 18. I'm using that as a, as a term of endearment. Not, but not you're also not going to find this type of porn on, no. on places that are nope. free. And that's one of the reasons why you need to crowdfund it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we try really hard to keep our stuff off the the tube sites. Yeah. So remember also, you know, another reason to pay for your porn is most likely, you know, uh, people were like, oh, how can I um, know what I am watching is ethically made, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, actually find something that you like on Pornhub and then actually go to the website. Unfortunately, a lot of times on Pornhub, like they, they don't credit anybody, which is also horrible. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but if you do find like, hey, I like this talent, go go to that talent's like actual page mm-hmm. or go to that company's actual website, you know, um, and check them out. But yeah, if you want to know that things are on the up and up and, you know, cause we've had stuff of ours uh, pirated, but you know, you don't get to see, we show the mechanics at the end of the scenes. So we have interviews and da 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 da. So it humanizes people. You know, if you're watching it on Pornhub, you're not going to get that experience. Right. So, there you go. Yeah. 
pay for your porn, adults. Please. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, That's much like better. a grown ass adult. That's a, yes, exactly. exactly. If you're exactly. grown enough to watch grown the porn, you're grown adult. enough to pay for it. Right, oh, in your yeah. good mattress. In your right. good mattress. Yeah. <laughs> hey, psst, did you know American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like I don't know funding for national public radio or how pbs works if you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge then you can help support it and as a member of our patreon family you'll be eligible for nifty cool rewards like bonus episodes surprises in the mail and more oh and you'll get all of our episodes early bonus stories from guests and access to our private Patreon feed. So you're thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash American Sex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American Sex. All right, so I want to go back because I, I mean, I, I know you from the internet and from porn and mm-hmm. I admire your work. And I'm sure a lot of listeners that have been familiar with you before this conversation have similar experiences and sentiments. But you got a degree in what was it like film fine art or something? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. how did how did this happen? How did this <laughs> happen? How did you go to film school? And now you're doing porn? Right, right. Uh, so I graduated from film school. It was, you know, late nineties and, uh, you really, unless you knew somebody who knew somebody, um, it was really difficult to get even an internship, even an unpaid internships when they had unpaid internships, uh-huh. uh, you know, California tried to discourage that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I couldn't get my foot in the door. Uh, so I wound up working at good vibrations uh-huh. and I worked there for about five and a half years And throughout my five and a half years, I got very, very, the same question a lot. Like, you know, from guys, it's like, oh, what porn can I watch that's not going to piss off my girlfriend? Or like, you know, hey, I want to watch like lesbian porn, but I don't, I want to see people that look like me from the actual like queer community. And there wasn't a lot that I could point people to. Mm -hmm. Um, But around 2004, early 2000s, there was kind of like a porn renaissance like even Good Vibrations was starting to make their own educational porn. But then just as quickly as it started, everybody kind of disappeared for their own various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of, I was bummed out about that. I was like, yay, finally, like good stuff. And then they can recommend it. Da, 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 da. Uh, and then it was all gone. So I simultaneously, simultaneously was having, uh, you know, kind of like, oh my God, I'm 30 and I'm still doing retail moment. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, well, I could start making porn. I could, my intention was not to just make one porn, but to make a company. So it wouldn't just be like make one title and disappear, which is what, which I had seen happen over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to make something sustainable. Um, And that's, I figured you're like, Hey, I've got five and a half years of market research. I have a film degree. Let's put it together. And um, I had previously kind of done some, informational interviews with folks. I was like, well, do I go back for furniture making? Do I finish my TIG welding certificate? Like, do I go back for like history of fine art? You know, like do an MFA, but all the doors seem to open for porn. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I guess I'm going in that direction. 
Um, one thing led to another and I got some funding and I made the first film, which is crash pad. Uh, and then like, like I still don't quite understand it, but it was incredibly successful. And that's basically what got me here. Okay. Today. Okay. And so now you have websites like, you know, you, you, you have your whole, I don't know if you call it an empire, but (laughs) what do you call it? (laughs) Uh, It's, I don't know. It's the business. (laughs) The business. So you have, you have pink and white, which tell me about pink and white, like just for people more familiar. Pink and white is basically the umbrella company. Okay. Um, And so, you know, we run uh, crash pad series. We run pink label TV um, it produces all the other shorts and features that eventually we also put on Pink Label. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Pink Label distributes other filmmakers. So we try to describe it as like, yes, it's the Netflix of porn. Ah. Um, but I, th- I like to think of it more as like the criterion collection of porn because it is pretty curated. And, you know, I, I have a specific idea of what should be. Uh, on pink label, not just any old thing. Right. You know, I, I want to see, uh, it started out from the Berlin porn film festival and there were lots, it was amazing, amazing work, like really progressive work. And I was like, this is never going to get on hot movies or AABN. You know, this is like, I'm going to see it once and it's going to go away. Right. But I was like, maybe there, maybe we can make a platform for this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we made pink label and like, actually we've got a lot of people that I've seen from the Berlin Porn Festival, from the Toronto uh, International Porn Fem- Film Festival, you know, all on Pink Label. We're actually uh, doing a lot of arch- archival work. Uh, we've gotten a lot of titles from Fatal Media, like from the 80s. Oh, wow. Uh, we've got some Wakefield Pool, um, some Radley Metzger. Uh, you know, we're really trying to, uh, you know, I feel like the next generation, they're so online and digital. Uh there hasn't been an opportunity to see this work because it's been on VHS or it didn't make the DVD. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, like who, who, like how is the next generation going to find out about Radley Metzger? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, so I'm like really trying to get this stuff uh, online stuff that was really formative for me yeah. um, as a filmmaker as well. Huh? Yeah. Especially with like community centers shutting down and there's, yeah. I mean, there's very few places. I know like the leather archives and museum in Chicago is a great place that not only show some of these films, but they may actually have some older stuff archived on VHS mm-hmm. or beta. I'm sure they do because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they keep, you know, old leather vests from like as far back as I want to say the 1930s. Oh, Wow. 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 That's cool. They've just got some amazing stuff there. But like it's great to hear that you're curating it and that you're archiving it and doing something with that stuff and making yeah. it more accessible. So now I'm curious. My marketing mind that loves uh-huh. like numbers and statistics uh-huh. and demographics is kicking in. Cause you uh-huh. said you've been doing this since uh, and I but prior I worked for like big ad agency, so that's always in my brain somewhere. Yeah, yeah, um yeah. okay, so you've been doing this since two thousand five, you said, right? About, yeah. Okay. So that's math, math, math. What, 14 years, something? Something like ish? That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So over the last 14 years, yeah. how have you seen your audience change? Because I know for me, like, I look at my kids who are 17 mm-hmm. and 24, mm-hmm. and the, the difference between those six years, like between the millennial yeah. and the I generation <laughs> is like, in like incredible. So uh-huh. how have you seen your demographics and your interests change over the last 14 years? 
Ah, uh, that's kind of a hard one because I also don't crunch any of the numbers. Oh, it's, yeah, and it's 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 also hard to make that type of uh, calculation or assessment because with names, not too sure, especially if it's somebody's legal name. Right, it's their dead name, but it's still on their credit card. Oh, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, because it's, it's porn purchase. It's not you're not buying. And you're not going to be like, "Hey, hi, fill out this survey. What's your gender? What's your this? How old are you? Right. How often do you use the computer? Do you drive a Chevy?" Right. Like, I mean, that's yeah, not, yeah. It's <laughs> it's kind of hard to get that direct information. So I'm, I'm going to sort of switch this around to a technical issue. What kind of cameras do you use? <laughs> um, okay, well, for for Crash Pad series because. You know, mostly, actually, a lot of people are watching on mobile. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's finally tipped over, and we're like well over 50% of people who are watching it watch mobile. Huh. Uh, we're still using our older HD cameras. So that's the um, uh, the AF100s, the Panasonic oh, AF100s. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still using my old uh, cine lenses, so like my old Bolex lenses. Mm. Uh I put those on the um, on the uh, AF one hundreds uh, for the more intensive uh, shoots. I've got the um, uh, the SF uh, FS fives mm. with with the raw upgrade because um, I I just couldn't swing the FS seven uh, financially. Oh, they're, they're expensive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, I, I opted for the FS5 with the upgrade, which actually we just did a test between the SF7 and the SF5, um, for, um, for, uh, chemistry and they were damn near identical That's awesome. with the upgrade. So I was like, yes, um, there are some features that the SF7 has that the SF5 doesn't have, but I, you know, I don't think that's a deal breaker. Um, and then of course we have the, um, the Atmos Flame. So mm. then we record directly to that most phone. Uh, Have you ever done any uh, scenes with a smartphone? Ha, no. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I know some people, people use like, they swear by yeah. iPhones or like they yeah. use something and they're like, no, it's uh, fine. I don't know. I, I mean, does yeah. That, does that lenses. make the film school alumnus and you just kind of like roll over in no. your own grave, even though you're not dead? No, I think uh, there's a lot to be done with like smartphones. I mean, you can do a lot if, if you know what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, I lenses, all I can say is lenses, lenses yes. and lenses, uh, <laughs> yeah. it make lenses make a difference. Like you can have the best camera in the world or the worst camera in the world, but you slap a good lens on there. Damn. Uh, so lenses, lenses, lenses. Um, and you don't really have that option with something like an iPhone. Ah. Like, uh, right now I'm kind of like besides myself because I found somebody in Los Angeles who rents uh, the Cook Minis for a, a, a relatively decent price. Uh, so I'm flipping out that we're going to shoot this next project on Cook Lenses. Ooh, that's yeah. awesome. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. So you are a queer woman of color who mm-hmm. writes, produces, directs, adult films and has successful websites with archives of films. I don't know many other, if any other queer women of color doing this. So has that presented challenges for you and how does that inform your work? 
<laughs> Loaded question. Um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I. Okay, so I would say, I mean, because I have felt uh, kind of excluded from the boys club, and let's just say in general, the film world is kind of like the white boys yep. Yep. club. Um, there are some exceptions and all that kind of stuff, but like it's sometimes it can be uncomfortable sometimes. And sometimes like, you know, you feel it. You're like, Oh, you like when I was saying, like I couldn't get jobs, I couldn't even get a paid internship in San Francisco. Damn. And you know, I, you know, not to be paranoid, but I have the feeling why I didn't get a lot of that stuff is because I'm brown and I'm a woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. Yep. The opportunities were less. You're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I think eventually like having my own company, I did give, have some people like give me some breaks, which was great, you know, so I did get breaks along the way. And, but now, you know, I feel like the only way to, do what I want to do or be in the film world, uh, you know, it has been to have my own company and, you know, not to have to wait to be green lighted or approved or any of this stuff, which, you know, growing up in the United States Brown, like I get a lot of triggers Hearing No is very triggering. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm like, ah, So I think, you know, doing what I'm doing is a product of feeling excluded Mm -hmm. uh, from certain areas. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now it's like, fuck all y'all. I'm doing it myself. You Uh, know? Yeah. Yeah. So has that also, how, how has it changed your work or influenced your work in ways that, you know, your audience can feel it, see it, et cetera? I think it makes a difference just just the general choices that I make mm-hmm. as far as like cast and how the story is pitched um, in in snapshot it was it was pretty deliberate and I think it's kind of funny, but you know uh, the nemesis in the story is a cis white male <laughs> he is the, the he's the murderer <laughs> <laughs> you know? and you know it's the you know, all the, the cops are like queer butch women. Um, there's all, one of the detectives is a trans woman. You see her on screen for a second. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Things are just kind of flipped. Right. It's different. Like, hey, we get to be the heroes now. Oh. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a little bit different. Like even, uh, like, chemistry eases the pain, has a kind of a, a dark twist um, at the end, just to give some spoilers. And all, and that's the same thing. It's It's about flipping the narrative Right. Um, and, you know, telling a slight, it's this, it's the same story that we've seen before, but slightly different. Huh. So would you say that your work is, I don't know, deliberately political or you fill in the rest if it's an or, cause I think it might mm. be an or, but <laughs> I don't want to speak for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think primarily it starts off being personal. Right. Uh, and then as I continue to write the script, um, I'm like, haha, what if we did this? Um, but, you know, I think I've described this before. If I were 
directly aiming for a, a political statement, I feel like I would get it wrong. Huh. I would miss my target. But when I keep it personal and I'm, you know, kind of focused on craft, mm-hmm. um, then I feel like I'm more, I'm, I'm closer. Hmm. I'm closer to making a statement. Nice. Well, and, you know, as, as we say very frequently on this podcast, because we are American sex, and even though we, tr- you know, we're not, deli- like you, not deliberately trying to be political, but the political is personal and the personal is political, and you can't separate them. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. All right. So I'm, I'm very, very excited about your new film. Um, you're running the Indiegogo until the end of February, like February 28th. When do we get to see it? When, (laughs) like, how long do I have to wait? Are you going to make me wait like two years? Cause I can't. No, 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 no. Okay. Not two years. Um, I am hoping, uh, by the end of the year, um, depending on how quickly we get through, uh, sound design, Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping the beginning of 2020, if anything, I'll definitely have like a rough cut to show hopefully by Berlin. Uh, so that means I can leak some scenes and stuff by then cool. uh, by October, but I'm hoping like the beginning of 2020, um, I, w- I will have a complete uh, project. Sweet. All right. So for those listening who are like, who can't wait, like I can't wait where can they like find you? Do you have social media that they can watch and yeah. wait for you to drop little crumbs? Yes. Uh, so if you can find me on, you can find me on Twitter at shine Louise. Um, let's see. I, I have an Instagram. I can't remember what my- I'll, you know <laughs> what American fuckers. It's going to be in the show notes at American sex podcast.com. Okay. Yay. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and and if you go to my Instagram, I'll put a post and then I'll, I'll tag awesome. you so they can find you there. So yeah. right, right, right. I'm so bad, but I do it. Like I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. Um, so you can find me there. Cool. Um, you know, and also just like, uh, we tend to put updates and all that kind of stuff also on pinklabel.tv because eventually the movie, that's that's the first place that the movie's going to go. Awesome. Awesome. And so it's pinklabel.tv. Where else can they go to like get the juicy goods and what like watch the computer with a left-handed mouse or now wait, statistically <laughs> use their cell phone that's propped up on their chest. So <laughs> you can go to crashpadseries.com. And so that's our that's our main site. Uh, and you can, you know, like watch over what, over 300 episodes now. No, wait, are we at 300? We're, we're 250, 270, something like Damn. that. Damn. A lot of episodes. Okay. So there's a lot of porno to watch. Yeah. And you release, is it weekly? Like there's stuff all the time. Every other week. Okay. We post, uh, an update plus the behind the scenes. Okay. So there's, there's always stuff happening. Sweet. Yay. I'm okay. Wait, I just was looking for your Instagram and I found something that you do. That's even cooler. Um, your (laughs) (laughs) stalker stories. Is this you? What? Stalker what? stories. This is me, no. Okay. It says Shy Louise Houston and it's all what? it's called it's called Stalker Stories. What? And it's okay, all pictures of on. cats. What? Oh, that's what? that's my that's scary. Yeah, it's scary. Who's scary? Is that your cat? The scary is my cat. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I 
thought you meant it was literally scary because someone was stalking you. I'm like, what's happening? No, but it says stalker stories, and then it shows pictures of scary. Here's scary on the ground. Here's scary looking at a thing on the wall. It's like, here's scary yelling at somebody. Here's, oh my God. Here's scary sitting on a stereo. And oh, that's my reel to reel. That's my reel to reel, probably. Uh, they're just they're just snapshots. Nice. Okay. Nice. Well, I, have, okay. I haven't tried it yet, but like celebrating with catnip for breakfast looks like the one I'm going to start oh. with. Yes. Yeah. There you go. That's him. Sweet. Scary, scary says donate now. I do it myself, but I'm too high. Oh. <laughs> donate meow. Yeah. A bad exactly. bad cat joke. All right. So I think I think we can slide out of here with a little. Okay. Happy awesome. birthday to Aww. you. Boom. Happy boom. birthday <laughs> to you. I don't sing. Happy birthday, <laughs> dear. Shine. That was really bad. Happy birthday to you. Yay. Yay. Thank awesome. You. Thank you so much. We <laughs> love this conversation. And uh, bye, American Fuckers. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye, bye. bye Shine. Bye, Scary. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.